Welcome to Live Yes with Arthritis, a podcast from the Arthritis Foundation featuring conversations with experts. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. We'll help you push back on all the times you've heard no. We'll help you say yes to your challenges, whatever they are. We'll cover all kinds of topics about managing and controlling your arthritis. Our hosts are Rebecca and Julie, who live with arthritis every day. Let's hear what they have to say. Thanks for joining the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca. I'm an occupational therapist living with rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm Julie, a JA patient and tireless advocate. And we're bringing you a series of conversations from the Arthritis Foundation between patients and experts about hot topics in the arthritis community. Today, we're digging into what people with arthritis should know about the latest trendy diets. It's such a popular topic for people with arthritis. At my Live Yes Arthritis Network Connect group recently, we had a rheumatologist come and talk to us about diet and arthritis. It was the most popular topic so far. But for people with arthritis, sometimes the trendiest diets aren't always the best to follow. And that's why we're talking with the expert today, Dr. Lona Sandin who will teach us all about what people with arthritis should know about the most recent diet trends. Dr. Sandin holds a PhD and is an assistant professor of clinical nutrition and the director of the Master of Clinical Nutrition Coordinated Program at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. Dr. Sandin comes to us wearing a few hats today. She lives herself with rheumatoid arthritis, so she has firsthand knowledge of the effect of diet on arthritis symptoms and the importance of making healthy choices. Dr. Sandin, we are just thrilled to have you here to talk with today. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we all start off our interview digging into the potential pros and cons of the low-carb paleo and keto diets. Then after the break, we'll pick your brain about some other diets like detoxing and fasting and whether or not they are good for people with arthritis. But before we dive into all of that, can we ask you, patient to patient, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your journey with arthritis? Well, I've had rheumatoid arthritis for about 25 years now. And of course, over those years, there's been some ups and downs with it. Living with arthritis, it's a balance of getting proper medical care, getting adequate exercise, and eating right so that you can live well and long with with this condition. Before we get into what is good to try, can we just go through quickly what some of these diets are so we can can kind of educate people on what's involved with them? Yes, let's do that. All right. So first, let's get into a few questions about the paleo diet. Is that really a diet for cavemen? I know that's what people always call it. <laughs> well, you know, it depends who you ask and which type of expert you're you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> people ate and survived on quite a variety of different types of diets over thousands of of years. And so when we look at what the modern day paleo diet is, it really isn't all that representative of what ancestors ate in different parts of the world. It's a diet that tries to get people to kind of go back to more of a whole foods type of approach to 
to eating. And and that's not bad (laughs) to do. We we do need to look at getting more whole foods in our diet and less of the pre-prepared processed foods that come with all the extra sodium and fat and added sugars. The paleo diet focuses on lean meats and vegetables. So it's it's looking at lean fish, lean beef, uh, you know, lean poultry as a main source of our protein and then it encourages lots of vegetables that are kind of the non-starchy vegetables. Unfortunately though, the paleo diet does tend to eliminate some food groups. So anytime you start eliminating food groups, you have the potential to leave out essential nutrients. Oftentimes, the paleo diet discourages getting calcium sources like drinking dairy milk or eating yogurt or cheese. It also discourages a lot of the whole grains that we know are actually beneficial for the body for you know, healthy gut function and for cancer prevention. So in general, it seems like it's a diet that you can do, lose some weight, move on. Are there specific benefits or risks for people with arthritis that we should consider? I do think people have to be cautious of how they adopt the paleo diet. You can do it in a healthy way. You still want to have healthy fats found in things like vegetable oils and nuts and seeds. And so those are good, healthy sources of fat and avoiding these sources of saturated fat, such as, you know, butter or things like coconut oils are very high in saturated fat. Mm. You're better off using oils like olive oil instead of using something like coconut oil with your paleo diet. And then, of course, getting plenty of nuts and seeds and nut butters, you know, almond butter, cashew butter, peanut butter are all good ways to get healthy types of fat for your diet. Well, um, what causes the weight loss and other benefits in some people when they go paleo? It really comes down to they've eliminated calories. And so that decreased calorie amount then over time starts to lead to some weight loss. So restricting your calories right. is for no matter what diet, if you restrict your calories, you, you can lose weight. Exactly. And regardless of how you reduce your calories, you need to reduce your calories to initiate weight loss. And so really you could choose any diet. (laughs) Yeah. But what we want you to choose is a diet that one, you can stick with for life Mm -hmm. and not look at it as a temporary solution, but also a diet that's going to be health promoting at the same time. So would you say that the paleo diet is a good lifetime diet to adopt? Yeah, it it can be for for some people. Again, you want to look at how you're applying it and not be too restrictive in terms of food groups that you mm-hmm. cut out. Yeah, so I'm a cheese lover and paleo just isn't something that I've ever wanted to try. <laughs> I love my cheese. Um, let's transition from paleo diets to ketogenic ones. Describe the keto diet, if you would, and the reasoning behind it, why it's become so popular. Well, so the keto diet really originated as a treatment for neurological conditions, particularly seizures. So when you change some of the the chemicals in the brain as a result of the keto diet, it could help people decrease the number of seizures that they were having. And it was, you know, really quite effective 
as a medical treatment under those conditions. But what we also know about the keto diet in the way the general public is applying it, which is a little bit different than we apply it in a medical setting, it does help to achieve rapid weight loss. Mm. So a keto diet basically cuts out almost all carbohydrates. If you're going on a true keto diet, you cut your carbohydrate intake to only 20 grams per day. So to give you an idea of what that is, one cup of milk has 12 grams of carbohydrate. One slice of bread has about 15 grams of carbohydrate. So you could either have one slice of bread or you could have one cup of milk. (laughs) And you've, you've almost hit your limit of carbohydrate for the day. So it's very, very low carbohydrates. So when you do that, one, it causes the body to lose water. So you deplete uh, water that's normally stored in the muscle along with carbohydrate. And it forces the body then to tap into fat stores Mm -hmm. and use fat stores as an energy source. And so you can get some rapid weight loss with this keto diet. The problem is long-term. It's not a diet that people can typically sustain long-term, mm-hmm. nor is it necessarily a health-promoting diet long-term. Right. So for people with arthritis, what's more important when you're starting out? Is it losing the weight rapidly with something like keto, or is it cutting out inflammatory foods or changing your diet for that kind of paleo style? So I think the important thing is to distinguish what type of arthritis. So for someone who has osteoarthritis, what is happening in the body is very different than what's happening in someone who has rheumatoid arthritis or maybe psoriatic arthritis. If you have osteoarthritis, particularly in the large joints of the hips or knees, then losing weight is very important. And so using the keto diet or using the paleo diet, whatever can help get that weight off quickly is often of benefit. Again, then the trick is how do you keep that weight off long term? Right. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. I wonder, are there suggestions that you might have to help someone transition from their rapid weight loss keto program into a more long-term and sustainable diet? So that's that's kind of tricky because what we see in the weight loss literature, uh, what you did to lose the weight kind of needs to be sustained. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's kind of the conundrum or, or problem with many of these rapid weight loss kinds of programs. If someone can increase their exercise, <laughs> bring exercise into the mix. Exercise is one of the most effective tools for maintaining weight loss once weight has you know, been decreased. So it's it's not all about diet at that point. You do need to continue to maintain a lower calorie level, even though you may be incorporating some other foods back into your eating plan. But exercise is absolutely key to maintaining lost weight. One of the things that I find most frustrating about my arthritis is that when I'm flaring, if I have to take a steroid like prednisone, I cannot control my hunger. I am hungry all the time and I gain weight. And I'm wondering, are there short-term diet solutions that I should consider 
is it going keto during the time I'm taking prednisone? What should that look like so I can maintain a healthy weight during a flare? Things that you can do to help control appetite is to make sure you're having protein at every meal. Hmm. Aim for maybe about 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal, for example. So, you know, 20 grams of protein is one three-ounce hamburger, or it might be, you know, about three egg whites, to, to give you an example. And so eating your protein first as part of the meal can help to control appetite. Also, snacking on things like nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds are actually very good at suppressing appetite. With the keto diet, what are some of the pros and cons for that if people were exploring that as their way to lose weight quickly? It's a diet that tends to be very high in fat. And so you have to be very careful about how you choose those foods that you're going to incorporate into it. And, you know, you there's most fruits and vegetables you can't have because even if you ate a tomato, you're going to get five grams of carbohydrate. So tomato is not a starchy vegetable, but there's still some carbohydrate in it. Or even if you ate some some carrots. So your vegetables are limited. Your fruits are limited. Certainly your whole grains are limited to only about a serving a day. So now you've cut out all of your sources of fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So yeah. Oh, no, he's right. Because now what is your GI tract going to do? Right. <laughs> exactly. If you're someone with an inflammatory immune condition, we know that the GI tract plays a role in controlling inflammation in the body. And so if you're coming up short on, on fiber, you don't have that food for those probiotics to work and keep your gut healthy. You also don't have that bulk in the gut to keep things moving through comfortably. And when you're cutting out whole grains, you cut out many phytonutrients that we know are helpful for cancer prevention. If you're cutting out fruits and vegetables, you're going to miss out on things like vitamin A, vitamin C, which are key anti-inflammatory antioxidants that help protect the body's cells from inflammation. So a keto diet is likely to be more Mm pro-inflammatory than anti-inflammatory. And that's why I don't recommend it in particularly in individuals who have rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis or lupus or those other similar inflammatory types of arthritis. Yeah. So I actually tried the keto diet for a few weeks and I was concerned. I mean, I love bacon, but (laughs) I was concerned about how it could affect my heart because with RA, I know I I am at such a higher risk for cardiovascular disease. So it just didn't feel like a healthy option for me. People with the inflammatory forms of arthritis have a much higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease because of the systemic inflammation in the body. So I'm not a, a supporter of people with arthritis going on a keto type of diet. It cuts out so many essential nutrients that they need to help protect their joints and and cells. Um, I I would rather work with them towards a healthy paleo approach. (laughs) Right, right, with some whole grains. 
So let's talk about a, another type of diet that you would recommend. I think I heard you say earlier that intermittent fasting would be something that you would recommend for patients with arthritis. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? So intermittent fasting, again, it, it can take on different kind of ways of fasting. But I'll start with just saying that there is some support for the notion of fasting in arthritis and that fasting can help decrease inflammation or promote some healthy cell recovery. And so, so fasting may not be such a bad thing for people with arthritis. But intermittent fasting, what the research has shown with that is it can help us better control things like our blood cholesterol, our blood glucose. It helps with cellular repair, that sort of thing. So you'll see different ways people are doing it. They might just eat two or three days normally how they usually would, and then they'll take two or three days where they're eating, say, 800 calories or less that day. So that's one way to do it. Other ways that people are doing it is they have more of a timed approach throughout the day mm-hmm. where they will allow themselves to eat, say, between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., and then they have a 12-hour fast overnight um, so that they're limiting the number of hours that they're eating throughout the day. Eating all day long and in between meals is not good for us metabolically, is is what the data shows. And so the body needs time to clear that. And, you know, the easiest way to do it is to do that in, you know, throughout the night when you're asleep. So, you know, close the kitchen at 7 p.m. <laughs> no, late, no late night ice cream. No, no, no popcorn with your movie. <laughs> Let the body rest and fast overnight as it's intended to. So would intermittent fasting help with reducing any arthritis symptoms or reduce inflammation? So there hasn't been any research to support that that I've been able to find as of yet, but I think it could based on what we know about it and Previous research on fasting and arthritis, I think it could help people with with symptoms to maybe have a little less joint stiffness, maybe a little bit less achiness from swelling and that sort of thing. What steps would you suggest to getting started and in incorporating some intermittent fasting into your life? The easiest way to get started with the intermittent fasting approach is to kind of take a 12-hour window and the 12-hour window that works best for you. So if I just use myself as an example, you know, I, I usually get to work around 8, 8.30 and that's when I have my breakfast. I work all day till around 5 or so and then I go to the gym immediately after work. And so I'm eating dinner around 8 o'clock. But that gives me that 12-hour window from 8 to 8, basically, that works in my schedule. Yeah. So is that what, like, the 16-8 and the 14-10 approach is? So people are not eating for 16 hours? Right. So some people might try just eating within an 8-hour window. And they don't necessarily restrict their calories during that time frame. 
they just say, you know, I have this eight-hour window of which I'm going to do all my eating for the day. <laughs> and so they might, you know, maybe squeeze two meals into that eight hours. And and then they're done. <laughs> wow. So whether you give yourself an eight-hour window to eat and you fast for 16, or whether you give yourself a 12-hour window to eat and you fast for 12, there doesn't seem to be a lot of difference in, in what happens between those kinds, those two kinds of regimens. So can we talk a little bit about detox diets? It's suggested they're good to do once in a while to remove toxins from your body or lose weight or promote health. Is, is that the case? And can you tell us what that means? You know, I think that's a little bit of misinformation because uh, your body releases toxins every day, whether you're eating or regularly or doing a so-called detox type of, of regimen. Your your kidneys, as long as they're working, <laughs> are removing any toxins along with, with your liver and things are getting excreted out of the body. So whether or not we really need to do a detox diet uh, is really quite uh, questionable. And most medical and health professionals would not recommend a detox diet. Okay. And so when you go on these highly restrictive diets, which are usually just basically liquid diets, maybe some juice or something like that, so very little calories, very little nutrients, you can actually cause more production of toxic components in the body than what you're actually removing. Yeah. Speaking of the liver and the kidneys, I worry often with all of the different medications that we take to manage our arthritis if it's helpful to, you know, help your liver and kidney along when you're trying to detox your body. Would a detox once in a while help to make sure that you have appropriate liver function or is it something that you should never try? I would say it's not helpful. I have not found any medical research literature that shows that these detox approaches are in any way helping your liver to do its job more effectively. Would you mind sharing some of your key takeaways for us, for our listeners with arthritis, caring for people with arthritis of many different types? I'm really, you know, getting back to a more whole foods approach, choosing more whole foods when you can. Granted, we all got to go for convenience once in a while. (laughs) Right. But, But trying to choose a more whole foods approach in general. Would you say a whole food diet is one where you avoid processed food? Largely, yes. So avoiding things that come in boxes. Perfect. (laughs) Certainly spend a little bit more time in that produce section, uh, getting some fresh produce in whole foods there. And, you know, you can even buy things that are pre-chopped. So I always buy (laughs) pre-chopped onions, pre-chopped celery, pre-chopped peppers. You know, especially when we're dealing with people who have arthritis, they may not be able to do as much food preparation. Yes. Whole foods doesn't mean things cannot be pre-cut or pre-washed. But I'm talking about the least processed is possible. So that's, that's things like fresh produce, fresh meat from the butcher section of the grocery store, and even frozen uh, produce, like frozen peas, carrots. Yeah. Focusing more on a Mediterranean-type diet or a DASH diet where you're having a diet plentiful in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean meats. 
you know, that's where the focus needs to be. But of course, keeping in mind calories still matter. Excess body fat can actually increase inflammation. And so maintaining a healthy weight is is important with whatever cal whatever type of food you're <laughs> taking in or whatever kind of diet you're taking in. You can lose weight on these diets. They are effective for weight loss. You won't lose weight as rapidly as, say, on a keto diet. You might lose weight faster. But on a restricted calorie dash diet, you can lose weight, and you're actually more likely to keep that weight off long term. And I think one of the things that people do look at diet and nutrition a lot and have questions about when they have arthritis is that is something we can control. We can control what Mm -hmm. we eat. We can't control our arthritis symptoms, but we can try to control what we eat. Knowing that you're feeding yourself well and that you're providing yourself with the vitamins and minerals that that you need to promote health, it just makes you feel better overall. And it just makes your body function better overall. And, you know, diet's just one piece of all of this. I absolutely believe in the importance of staying physically active. There's still the medical management piece that needs to go with it. And sometimes we need that medication to get us to the point where we don't hurt so that we can do the exercise. Dr. Sandin, thank you so much for going through and outlining some of your journey with arthritis and all of these different diets. Thank you for being our expert, our guest. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. In upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about the best diets for arthritis that are backed by science and do a deep dive on elimination diets, among other nutrition topics. If you have specific questions that we didn't address today, but you'd like us to in the future, go onto our online community forum and post them there. You can find the link in our show notes. Thanks again for joining our Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. Stay tuned for more hot topics for our community coming soon. Thank you for joining us for the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast, brought to you by the trusted experts of the Arthritis Foundation. We're bringing together leaders in the arthritis community. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Go to our website at arthritis.org slash live yes podcast. We'll bring you up to speed and help you live your best life. Tune in to the conversation 